Hello, and welcome back to a new episode of Dirtcast after not one, but two weeks off. I'm sure you missed us deeply. I am your host, Madeline Davies. I am your other host, Megan Reynolds. And today, we're kind of looking backwards a little bit because we missed something important. We did. Which is the Met Gala. (gasps) Like the Oscars, but without the boring awards. Yeah, it's like just the red carpet, like the best part of the Oscars. So joining us to talk about that is our very own Julianne Escobedo Shepard, who is a real fashion maven. (laughs) She is. Obviously, Rihanna is... A fashion force. But before we get into that, she's not even here. Mm -mm, She's not. Not yet. It's our time to bond, Megan. It's our time. (laughs) How I've missed this. How were your last two weeks? Restorative, I think. Hmm. The most scintillating thing that really happened to me was on the second day when it was really hot, I had like an hour-long debate with myself about whether or not I wanted to drag the air conditioner out of my closet, put it in the one window in my bedroom, and leave it on for one night only to like do that again after it stopped being hot. I did not. Yeah. I suffered. I left mine in the entire winter. <gasps> How about you? How are you? I've been having some trouble sl- snoozing. Uh-oh. I have a mouse in my apartment. I thought it was a rat. Now I think it's a mouse. He's definitely a mouse. <sighs> and he is the noisiest little fucker. Did you put traps out? I had traps that he's so far eluded. Okay. I'm being, like, such a baby about it. It's okay. And that, like, this idea of, like, murdering this tiny little thing that has a heartbeat and a skeleton is, like, really freaking me out. It's okay. So I just need to, like, suck it up and get, like, kill traps. It's just been hard for me to get over. I want us to, like, just be, like, convivial, you know? I want us to just, like, be, like, respectful roommates where it's like, yeah, you, fine. He's not going to do that, though. We discovered... Um, a trove of mouse poop in the drawer where we keep the the oven mitts, and we cleaned it. I had a nervous breakdown. I bought t- like three kill traps, set them all up around the house, and um, whatever made the poop has not come to the traps. So I don't know. Yeah, you have to be ruthless. I know. I know. I know. Okay. Like I know that's what I have to do, especially now that he's so or she. It for now. So loud. I mean, like. The term is like quiet as a mouse, but this one is just like bang, bang, bang all night long. Just in the in the walls or no, like, like in on your my stove. Fuck, set a trap. Oh my god, how have you not? Le- I would have moved out. It's time. Be ruthless. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think we should just get into the dirtiest dirt. I would love to get into the dirtiest dirt, Megan. Oh, my God. Let's do it. First thing, the royal wedding. The royal fucking wedding. It's almost here. It's so close. It's on Saturday, May 19th. It has been a wild fucking ride. Truly. Up to this, these blessed nuptials. I um don't have many, like, feelings about, like, royal weddings themselves. Right. But I have a ton of feelings about messy relatives. <laughs> and so in that way, like, this wedding has pulled me in more than the last one. Did. Like, who did we have last time? Pippa. Yeah. Who and then, like, like Princess Eugenie and right. her crazy-ass hat. Listen, Meghan Markle's family, I feel bad for Meghan Markle. It seems like a lot that she shouldn't have to deal with. Yeah, she's already dealing with a bunch of yeah. stuff. 
And then the addition of her family, everyone coming out of the fucking woodwork for like a year now. Yeah. Like, when did they get engaged? No, it's when, because it was a really short engagement. Oh, that's right. When did they get engaged? Like, the like winter last time? Fall, last yeah. fall. Okay. So late, it's been late autumn, I think. Right. So it's been, le- so it's been way less than a year yeah. that they've even been engaged. Yeah. Then, so her family has just been like com- coming out. Her sister, Samantha. Half sister, Samantha. Every, sorry, half sister. I hope you're that specific with your sister. I'm not. I just call them all my sisters. <laughs> yeah. But when I'm mad, I say they're my half sister. Fair. Um, her half sister Samantha just talking to the press every chance she gets, even though it seems like they don't really know each other. They don't because she's a lot old. She's older than her, and they also like didn't live together very much as kids. Yeah. So she is her half sister by blood, but like by like relationship. Yeah, she might as well just strangers. be like a third cousin or something. Yeah, exactly. So a little while back, there were these paparazzi photos of Meghan Markle's father whose name I believe is Thomas, uh-huh. he was spotted at, like, a Starbucks in Mexico <laughs> reading, like, a fourth grader's educational book that yeah. said, like, Great Britain there on was the like, cover. It was, like, that type of book that, like, they had so many different, I don't know, they always had, like, the photos along the border. Yeah, yeah. And then in kind of, like, very, like, bold print, it yeah. would be, like, the Industrial Revolution. Yes, and then yes. it was just sort of, like, or it would just be, like, Types of cats. Yeah. You know? Like, like a Wikipedia, but a book for fourth graders. Yes. And so there are pictures of Meghan Markle's father, like, reading these books very intently. They were all over the thing. BuzzFeed did a thing that was like, oh, my God, I can't stop looking at these photos, blah, blah, blah. Here's the twist. The, fo- <laughs> the photos were staged. Yes. They were staged. It was orchestrated by Meghan Markle's half-sister, Samantha. So she says. So she says. They, like, tipped the paparazzi off that he was going to be, like, doing this. Yeah. Took the photos, sold the photos. I assume they got a cut, a big fucking mess. Yeah, because the royal family is very obviously protective about selling photos. Yes, of course. So it was sort of like— he got disinvited, some people were saying. Right. And the, uh, her mom was going to walk her down the aisle instead. Right. Which, like, why wouldn't her mom walk her down the aisle Someone anyway? Someone just okay, like, like, whatever. Her mom raised her. Right. I don't know. Right. And then it's like now it's like he's saying he's not going and they really want him to come. Right. He also, like, just had a heart attack. Yeah, and he just, he, he's been sick. Right. He's been in and out of the hospital or, like, in the hospital. So, like, the wedding is in, you'll be hearing this on Wednesday, so the wedding is in, like, four days, three, four days. So he would have to, like, pull it together. Pull his heart together. Yeah, well, whatever is happening would have to stop happening so that this, like, nightmare that Meghan Markle, I think, has been— I mean, a nightmare of her own making. She obviously agreed to, like, marry Prince Harry, and I feel like she did that for a reason. Right. I mean, like, but you, you pick your fiancé. You don't pick your family. Exactly. So that has been—that sounds like a nightmare also, to deal like, with. The reason for the staging was so sad where he was like— he's like, they kept trying to take such embarrassing photos of me. Or he was like, it was just like every time I tried to, like, go get the newspaper or, like, yeah. want, like picked up beer, someone would be trying to take a picture of me. And I didn't want it to be embarrassing. No, it's I like, hate that. But it's also just like— This is wasn't worse. Embarrassing. I don't know. <laughs> Ugh, the whole thing makes me, like, so depressed. So— She's going to get married on Saturday. Ideally, everyone after she gets married. I mean, no one is going to calm down Mm -hmm. after she gets married. This will continue at some pitch for the rest of her life. Yeah. But I sincerely hope 
her family falls back just like a little bit. Also, it's just like the sister is just like, all right, enjoy your 15 minutes. Oh, my God. Like, the sister needs to. Well, she was going to write that book, The Diary of P- Pushy Princess or whatever, yeah. a memoir about her life with her sister, which she would have Barely had Barely with her sister. Yeah. Right, which I assumed would be mostly fictional. And I think she's either – she changed the title or she's not going to do it anymore. But I hope they have a lovely wedding. I can't wait to watch a live stream of it. I love a pomp. I love a circumstance. Yeah. I love little British princes and like short pants. I think that's really cute. Yeah. They all look so like British. Yeah. They're like they look like little old men. Yeah. <laughs> they have really rosy cheeks. It's really cute. It's really <laughs> nice. I wish them the best in their wedding day. And I hope Megan takes her family aside and is like, guys, please, I'm a princess now. Thanks. <laughs> please back off. I'm a princess now. <laughs> Leave. Don't touch my robes. <laughs> Um, what else? Oh, there's a film festival happening in France. Yeah, a lot of Europe news. A, a lot of, uh, yes, this is like the dirtiest dirt, like Europe edition. Yeah. Le dirt. Le dirt. Um, it's Cannes Film Festival. The Cannes Film Festival. There's been some like fun-ish gossip coming out of this. <gasps> Timothy Chalamet. Timothée. Timothée. Is it Timothée or Timothy? He goes by Timothy but I saw an interview with him where he said it's technically Timothée. As it's spelled. But he feels—he's like the French way. Yeah. But he's like feels like an asshole telling people. Like correcting people. Yeah, like actually it's Timothée. So sure. he's like, most people just call me Timmy. That's fair. Okay, so we'll call him Timmy. I would love to call him Timmy. Timmy. So call me by your Timmy. <laughs> so Timmy was spotted making out with someone. Making at, out with a blonde gal. With a blonde a gal, gal pal. A gal pal at— This is the real— Am I reading part. this correctly at an Enrique concert? They were at a party where <laughs> Enrique Iglesias oh was the God. guest performer. And <laughs> like anyone listening to Enrique Iglesias, yes. they were moved yes. sensually and sexually. Sure, sure. As um, I often am and was as a young teen. And they decided to do some Frenchin, do some Frenchin at the party. <laughs> Which, you know, how old is he? 21, 22? He's like between 21 and 23. Like one of those. Okay, that's the time. That's the time. Also, I think he's kind of like a bit of a horn dog. That is the way. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a lot of opportunities Mm -hmm. coming at him and he's enjoying them. Yeah, he's like a fresh faced, like 21 to 23 year old New York City kid who was like nominated for a thing and like did two movies that were good. Why are you doing using that? This is what I this is what I envision. (laughs) This is like that's like my like snotty. That's like my snotty voice, which is not terribly different from my regular voice. I like Um, any voice that you give me. (laughs) I would be shocked if he wasn't doing this. Yeah. And if I was in his position, I would mm. probably be doing the same thing. Yeah, I thing. think anyone would. And he'll call, he'll either calm down or he'll be like a horn dog forever. Or he'll be Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. He has, you're right, there is going to be a point in his life when he's like, I have two paths. And I mean, like, I guess it depends if he will, if he'll like take on the alcohol bloat of Leonardo sure, DiCaprio. Sure, you know, and Leo has made some choices that have led to where we are today. I mean, I still love him. But. I mean, so do I. But I feel like Timmy will be faced a, a you know, a road. Yeah. And you'll have to pick one. Yeah. I bet he, like, stays prestige for a very long time. I think so, too. I think so, too. And I think out of, like, the sort of cohort that he could reasonably be included in, including, like, Ansel, 
Elgort. Because they're very good friends. Right. And they're both sort of of the same age, the same, insert my snotty voice here, about about being like a kid from New York. I think he's better. Oh, yeah. I think the... The choice he'll actually have to make is, do you want to be dirtbag prestige mm. or do you want to be, like— Actual. Classic right. prestige. You know, like, do you want to go Joaquin with the full beard yeah, and sunglasses? sure. Or do you want to go um, Daniel Day-Lewis, let's say? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. I like that. I hope for the latter. I mean— Again. But who knows? His journey. It's his journey. I am only here to talk about it for like 20 minutes. To me. At a time. Go forth. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What else happened? Kristen Stewart was on the red carpet. Kristen Stewart, mo- the most punk rock attitude of Ever. all the starlets. That are at Cannes, that's true. Um, <clears throat> the long-held rule at Cannes is that women have to wear high heels. Which is so dumb. It's such bullshit because I don't, like, high heels literally grind my um, femur to, like, powder. Yeah, I, so. can't, I can't wear a heel. Kristen Stewart was wearing, like, a Louboutin. Yeah. And then she was like, fuck it. Kicked him off. Went barefoot. a girl. Eat my butt, Cannes Film right. Festival. That's right. Um, is what she said. That is what she said as she a was... A direct rem- quote. As she was removing Eat each my butt. Then <laughs> <laughs> she waggled them in the face of the cameras. And no, then she they were just that. like, uh... They're like, okay, like, keep moving. Uh, There's, like, Gigi Hadid is behind you, so uh, could you will, just keep... <laughs> eat your butt. Uh, <laughs> it's Okay. Your French accents are really good. Thank you so much. Oh my god, I love that. Nothing really else happened. A bunch of movies have been premiered. Apparently, like a hundred people walked out of the new Lars Van Trier movie. Oh, which is the one that's like about a serial killer played oh. by Matt Dillon. But like people were like, "This is so graphic and horrible." I know from Lars Van Trier. Believe shocking, it or not, shocking. Uh, that they were just like, like the thing I saw was a hundred people. That's out. insane. Good. You should do that for all Lars Van Trier Yes. <laughs> um, moving forward. Um, this last item is my favorite item, I think, of maybe the last three months. Ramona Singer. Ramona. <laughs> who is a bug-eyed blonde on, <laughs> on The Real Housewives of New York, apparently didn't know what Union Square was. Which is actually crazy because she has lived in New York City for, for so decades. long. Decades. So it's like a brief item in page six that she was on a train, she was on a subway, and she. That like, in itself seems very isn't strange. To I me. know. Like something is off if like Ramona is on like the R train. 
I would be, like, more surprised to see Ramona on the R train than I would be to see, like, Julia Roberts on the R train. Yeah, oh, no, totally, totally. I assume Ramona just, like, goes everywhere via car. Yes. So Ramona, per page six, Ramona was on the N train, so I was close, headed headed uptown, same line, and this is what happened. Ramona looked around to everyone and exclaims, what is Union Square? Is it 20th Street? Like, what is it? 14th? A fan posted as a part of a private Housewives Facebook group. The witness added of the befuddled Bravo personality, no one responds or looks at Singer. She looks directly at me. I managed to say, it's 14th. She says, so we passed 20th already and follows me off the train. All I can manage to do is look at her sorrowfully and say, um, yeah, you did, to which she says, damn. (laughs) Man. I would have loved to be on that fucking train. I also love that, like, page six is sourcing um, one of, like, the private Real Housewives Facebook groups, which I'm, like, probably in. So she clarified, and she said that she— knows what Union Square is, she says, sort of. I didn't say damn. I was thinking, shit, how did I miss 20th Street? I was on my phone looking at emails. I was going to the doctor. I know Union Square. I was double-checking. I missed a stop. I mean, okay. (laughs) Sure, but like, per the Ellie, um, our coworker, Ellie Sheckett wrote this up, and her main point was that there is no 20th Street stop on, like, any of the trains no. in this great metropolis that no. we call home. She probably was re- referencing 23rd. That's what that was, yes. When I discussed this yesterday with uh, one of my sisters, we said, yes, it was probably the 23rd Street stop. So she was just she was just confused. As she so often is. It's true. She's a real, she's a real peach. I mean, it's just, like, another thing for, like, her daughter Avery to be like, oh, that's right. <sighs> <laughs> I I love Ramona. She's a nightmare. I have such mixed feelings about Ro. She's she's an I mean my the theory in my family at least is that Ramona is very similar to my mother. Oh my god. Yeah. In a lot of Just ways. like a little like a little Yeah, she's kind of like my like skirt the bug-eyed sort of this interaction specifically is something that like I can see my mom doing on the train, but the twist there is that my mom is not from New York, has not lived here ever, and we would never let her, like, unsupervised on the train. <laughs> One of us would always be there, like, with a firm hand on the elbow. So being she can't, like, like, scuttle away. So she can't, exactly. We need to, like, keep her in eyesight at all times. I think it was at, like, the very first season reunion, uh, Andy was like, we've gotten a lot of comments about your eyes. Mm. And then she goes, I think I have very beautiful eyes, don't you? Which is an amazing response. Because there is literally nothing that he can say besides. No, he's just like, yep. Yes. Yeah. Where he's just (laughs) like, that is how I want to respond to like every. Like dig. Every dig. Be like, well, I think that it looks great. Don't you think it looks great? She's brilliant. She's both a nightmare and also kind of a dream. We are the real Brady Bros. Brady Brothers from the TV show Brady Bunch. I'm Barry Williams. And I'm Christopher Knight. I played Greg. And uh, who were you again? I played Peter. We've decided that we're going to do a podcast around episodes of the Brady Bunch. We're going to use it as a prism to look back to our experience doing the show and why the Brady Bunch is still popular. Have a sunshine day. We are the real Brady Brady Bros. Bros. 
Our guest today is the esteemed, the elegant, <laughs> effervescent, the effervescent. Yeah, let's just sweat. Deputy <laughs> editor of Jezebel.com, fashion expert Julianne Escobedo Shepard. Hello, Julianne. Hello. That was such an auspicious intro. Well, you know, only the best. Oh, only the best only for the our best. best. Thanks, y'all. Let's talk about the Met Gala. What, first of all, what is it, Julianne? I throw this to you. <laughs> well, the Met Gala is the annual fundraiser for the Costume Institute for the Metropolitan Museum of Art. The Costume Institute is a weird, sometimes basement area of the Met. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's sort of like squirreled away where fashion yeah. throughout history is exhibited as art because obviously what we wear really reflects our cultural values, mm-hmm. our social values. Mm-hmm. And so... Oftentimes, they'll focus on a particular designer or era and contrast it to styles throughout history. Right. It is a fundraiser, but it is also fashion's biggest night. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's fashion prom. It's fashion prom. It's fashion prom. And it happens every year on the first Monday in May. The first Monday in May. Also the name of a documentary about the the the, fucking thing. The gala. The the gala. Yeah. The The 20... 15. Is it the China one? It was the, yeah, yeah, it's the China one. Yeah. Which had some very problematic showings. They had to tell a bunch of like white people to honor China and they do it in a weird way. They did have to, well, they had to change the name from Chinese Whispers to (laughs) China Mm -hmm. Through the Looking Glass. And what I, I remember when that came out, I was like, Chinese whispers. And then I looked it up and I guess it's just like, not a slang, but it was like a phrase like back in the 1940s for like, like a game of telephone. Jesus. Yeah. Like really? Yeah. They didn't look that up before they named it that? Like you work at one of the most prestigious institutions sure. in the nation and yeah. you're not going to Google what just your for like name two means seconds. for like two seconds. Right. But yeah, it like was... Like they might as well have just called it like ancient Chinese secret. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, basically, Chinese time. really crazy time. Chinese time would have been, been, like, been fine. I would have welcomed yeah, what's, Chinese what's time. really inaccurate about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just fine. It's just two words together. So the Costume Institute is generally... So the chief curator of the Costume Institute is this tall um, British, Scottish man named Andrew Bolton. And he is the one who is in charge of sort of selecting the themes, figuring out what the exhibit is going to be. It's like a whole year-long kind of like extravaganza that leads to just like a really fun red carpet. You don't get to really see inside unless it's like approved footage, which I enjoy because I find those things so boring. And so so I like that it's just the, the... The carp. Yeah, I just like the carp. The carp is great. You also get to see inside based on either approved footage or celebrities' Instagrams. For mm-hmm. instance, yes. last year, if you will recall, a bunch of celebs smoking bogeys in the bathroom at the Met, which I is do. really gauche. It's amazing. Though. I, it is amazing. It's super gauche, but it's like... Also, our friends. I laughed for like an hour after. Yes, friends of the podcast, Matt and Viviana from the Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan, 1994 Museum, Mm. recently did an entire exhibit called "Celebrities Smoking in the Bathroom at the Met Gala," (laughs) and they like created all of these artworks based on those Instagrams and curated them. It was awesome. The other thing to know, I think, about the Met Gala is that it's sponsored heavily. Because it costs a shitload of money. 
Right. Well, so it's like Andrew Bolton mm-hmm. is the person in charge of picking the theme, but also wink. Yeah. Not but entirely. Also, Anna it's, Winter. Oh, Anna dare, Winter. We cannot is, erase Anna from this narrative. I mean, it's just sort of like, yeah, I pick the theme, and then it's like, and then Anna gets to approve it, and she might have some suggestions, and then we might take them, and that's that. Yep. Yeah. She's been running it since, I think, the 80s. Wait. Uh, hold on. He's been on second. it, I think, for like 20 She's years. She's been the co chair 19 times, and the space has been renamed in her honor. It is now the Anna Wintour Costume Center. It's called Winter's right. Bowl. So <laughs> one interesting thing. Okay, so it's sponsored, but what, but what that means is so because it's a big fundraiser, mm-hmm. so it's fifty thousand dollars to go and something like three hundred thousand dollars if you want to get a table. Mm-hmm. So when you see, say, like you know Stella McCartney on the red carpet with a phalanx of models mm-hmm. wearing her designs, that is because Stella McCartney or you know, her parent company has purchased a table right. for th- like 300K or whatever for to promote the brand and to for all of these people to go and have a showing. Yeah. Still McCartney wasn't there this year, mm-hmm. but she has been before. Yeah. And, you know, when you just any designer. Right. And so that means that most of the designers who go have to be a like funded by like LVMH or you know, other big corporations that mm-hmm. have, like, you know, right. billions of dollars. Or they, say, have to be personally invited by Anna Winter. But that would <laughs> never happen to, like, a designer's, like, egg house ladder or something. Right, right, right. Because, you know, you have to really, like, show your weight before you can do that. And part of that is because they really want the fashion to be top-notch, like, world-class. Right. Because it has made such a name for itself as, you know, the big showing out Mm -hmm. that if someone like, you know, half steps, then people are talking about it. And Anna Winter, in addition to all her other brilliant things, brilliant things about her, she is very good at controlling a narrative. Yes. (laughs) And if you fuck up, she's, you know, there's whispers and rumors about like if you fuck up on the carpet she will disinvite you mm-hmm. yeah. permanently. Or, for instance, she notoriously, supposedly rumored, did not love the Kardashians for a very, yeah, very they long time. Banned. They were banned because they are gauche. They are, you know, they were gauche. They're seen as gauche. Right. But then Kim links up with Kanye. Mm-hmm. Kim's then Kim gets to walk the red carpet, and then notoriously, well, also Kim's, she got put on finally got put on the cover with Kanye. Right after you're right, yeah, there was that, and then they finally she finally got Winter's to go. Like, oh, but I also like money. Oh, dang it, yeah. I love yeah. money, <laughs> and we have to like be somewhat relevant with the Instagram. Right, generation. we have to like keep up a little, and what better way to do that than throwing one to five Kardashians? Oh, now they're all right, there. And now they're the all there. And now they're all there. Chris, although have we ever seen Chloe on the? Yeah, I, I don't think we've ever seen Chloe or. Courtney. Chloe and Courtney have never been. It's always Chris, Kim, Kendall, Kylie. I wonder if they've ever paid. Here's one thing I learned that I found very interesting. Okay. Let's say Stella McCartney buys a table. um, And then she's like, hey, I want my friend Julianne to have one of those seats. (laughs) (laughs) Stella, are you listening? I would love to go. I have so many ideas for every theme. And they're all definitely like... People are not going to 
people, people are, are going to talk. talk about me. People are going to fucking talk. <laughs> um, so Stella, so if she you're can be like, but she can be like, I would like uh, one of these seats to be reserved for my dear friend Julianne Escobedo Shepherd. Anna can look at that and say no. Yeah. So Anna it's has like, which ultimate happen? veto but it's power. Like, it's, she picks who sits at the table. So yeah. even if you buy them, you have very limited limited say in who gets yeah, to sit there. Yeah, you still there. need approval. And, and it's going to be Anna's it's, approval. It's invite only. So it's yeah. like you can't just like be like, hey, I have $50,000. I'm going to buy a ticket. Right. You know, it's right. like. It's tray exclusive. It looks really Fun, sort of. Well, and I think, like, because of, like, the media control thing, celebrities kind of, like, let their hair down in ways that that we don't get to see them otherwise. Like, there's that great video of Reese Witherspoon drunk in the elevator Mm -hmm. trying to pronounce Cara Delevingne's name. (laughs) Um, I forgot about that. I love that. And it just, like, disappeared from the internet, like, the moment it appeared. Like, it was just, like, there for a second. Yeah. I'll never forget it, though. It's burned into my mind. No. Um, Della Vinci, Della, like, she's she's amazing. Kara, like yeah. very American. Kara, <laughs> yeah. or like smoking in the bathroom and those pictures getting out. And right. like, it's one of those things that whenever like a celebrity dishes about the Met Gala, it's always very exciting, but also feels like very dangerous. Well, right. Well, on the flip side, if you'll recall, uh, Lena Dunham and uh, that one comedian, I can't remember her name, <laughs> Amy, Amy Schumer. Schumer, right. So when they were discussing it in that um, conversation for a Lenny letter, does that still exist? Yeah, it does. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, so regret, and, regret to inform, but yes. Yeah. And Amy Schumer was talking shit about how much she hated the Met Gala mm-hmm. and it was so stupid. And then mm-hmm. Lena Dunham said that racist shit about Odell Beckham Jr. Right. And then she had to try to scrub it from the internet and they had to apologize and then Amy Schumer What she basically said was that she was like, I was wearing a tuxedo and then Odell Beckham Jr. like like, looked at me and she was like, you could tell him thinking like, yeah, like, can I fuck it? Yeah, can I fuck it is what she said. And And he was like, and once he registered that I wasn't like a sexual being, he didn't look at me the whole night. And then I love that Odell Beckham Jr. was like, I don't know who you are. Yeah, it was so good. An insane thing to say about anyone, but I don't think she was invited after that. I personally wonder what goes through Anna's head for like honing down the final, like the final list. Like how does like between celebrities, between designers, between like whatever the fuck else like fills in the list between celebrities and designers. Like I just wonder, I want to know like a little bit of her thought process, which I will never, the only glimpse that we'll ever get is from the documentary, The First Monday in May. Right. There's a part of that where she's like going over the list and is being kind of like exacting about it. Well, and I do think there's a part of her that doesn't fully understand youth culture necessarily. Right. So it's like, yeah. I think half of those people, she doesn't know who they are. Or, like right. she doesn't know who 2 Chains is. No. Like, 
You know, like oh, she that he was there this year. Yeah, he, he proposed. proposed. I, sorry, guys. I remember <laughs> now. Think, okay. Um, yeah, he proposed. <laughs> you know, cool. So you know, the the Vogue editors help her as yeah, well, of course. Right. And um, I think part of that process, though, is I think she wants to see a person who's gonna freak an outfit. Like yeah. you can't mm. if you have exhibited a sort of dicey fashion sense, or more specifically, your stylist has. You know, she is not gonna let you go, and like. One really good example is, like, obviously Rihanna is a fashion force. Like, there's no one else like her. She she is a tour de force in fashion. Everything right. that she does sets trends. So this year she was an honorary chair. Mm-hmm. She's worked her way up yeah. that. And I think that— <clears throat> Yeah, every year she, like, turns it out. She turns it out. And I think that the 2015 gala yeah. with— the Guope gown, which was like the yellow un- iconic, iconic. It was also unorthodox, mm-hmm. even though it was, uh, you know, the theme was China. It was, um, you know, she was a designer who wasn't really on the the tongues of many Americans, and she also, you know, wore this like, you know, a hundred pound gown, like fur satin trimmed, like ugh, it, was it was so also gorgeous. like canary yellow. It was beautiful. And like right. took up the enti- the train took up like the entire staircase. It it and amazing. that beautiful. chick arrived last, which is just Obviously. like yeah. So I think that was like a defining moment, not just for her, but for the Met Gala yeah. because it combined this this sort of almost I wouldn't call it staid, but it had been you know not as pop culture valued as it was until that moment. It right. combined Rihanna's star power and her obsessive navy, not that I know anything about that. No. And, you know, this fashion moment. And it really, like, I think propelled it into the youth culture, even though two years before that they did, like, punk, yeah. which was, yeah. like, really depressing because everyone sure. fucked it up. Yeah. That's the other thing about the A lot the of fuck-ups. Yeah. A is that, like, the themes are meant to be sort of outrageous and interesting and encourage creativity. And one thing that disappoints me every year is how a lot of people don't really experiment. And part of that mm-hmm. is because depending on who's buying their ticket, they have to wear that person's gown. And yeah, maybe that right. gown is not that interesting. Right. <laughs> or the designer is sort of more conventional or conservative. And then also I just think some people just aren't into like fashion like that. Yeah. They're just trying to like look nice as opposed to, right. I don't know, if I was going to the Met Gala, I would wear like the weirdest thing I possibly yes. could because when else are you going to get to do that? It's true. Like, That's wh- why I like say what you want about Katy Perry, but like, and I'm not always like on board with most of her fashion choices, but she's doing her thing. She commits. Yeah. I was going to say the same about Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. Who's like, <laughs> I don't like love yeah. her fashion choices most of the right. time, but she wears crazy shit. Yeah. She wore a nativity scene on her head this year yes. for the celestial bodies theme, which was like... it was he- It's heavenly bodies. Heavenly bodies, heavenly bodies, sorry. Which is looking at what like Catholicism's impact on fashion. Yes. It was about Catholicism so much to the point that Cardinal Dolan hosted the the exhibit oh. press screening. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker, she does always commit. I remember for the punk theme in 2013, I feel like she wore some sort of insane, like, headpiece hair situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that mimicked I, a mohawk. Yes, that mimicked she had, a like, mohawk. A, the plaid, like, ball gown, right? Wasn't that? That Vivian was when R.I.P. Yeah. McQueen. She went with McQueen that year. And mm. that was, I think, for um, Anglomania, okay. yes. which like, was, like, sorry, 2008 I, or something. I, yeah. A lot of them blur together for me a little um, bit. Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. Here's the question. <laughs> what did she wear? So I thought last year's theme was really 
fantastic, the Come to Garçon theme. What did she wear? I know that Tracy Ellis Ross, I remember, wore like an insane Come to Garçon dress. I know Solange did. Solange consistently turns it out on the carpet. Yeah, she wears really like crazy shapes. Yeah, she loves loves a structural item. Um, What's not to love? Some of the themes I did, I have a couple of the themes from like now to like 2011. There was one theme that I was thinking of that I couldn't remember the name of, but I just did that I thought was really boring, which was in 2014. It was Charles James, who was a couturier from an American one, who was not very well known, but he did a lot of very sort of ex, like very well constructed gowns, just very like classically pretty movie star gowns. And that was like, that was kind of boring to me. I felt like that was not to say that they have to pick something that's going to really like knock everyone's pants off I mean, it's or the whatever. Costume Institute. I want to see a costume. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they have to really, you know, they can't do a crazy thing every year. And like right. they also, you know, they've been consistently honoring designers, iconic designers that, you know, one, uh, one that was very, very good in the last decade or so was um, Chaparelli yes, and, and Prada. Prada. Ugh, that was amazing. It's not just for the red carpet. It's preserving fashion history. There's still a museum. And I think that that's something to remember, especially for people who sort of may look at the Met Gala and think like, all these like rich people and yeah. celebrities. It actually is supporting public art. Right. There's and an exhibit that goes along yeah, there's with this. exhibit which, for a fucking year. Right. And every exhibit to varying degrees, is at least, like, educational, Mm -hmm. if not edutainment. Okay, here's a question for you, our esteemed guest, Julianne. Yeah. What would be your dream theme? I would like something uh, having to do with, like, fictional fauna throughout history <gasps> like it like come as a griffin or Whoa. come as a mermaid or a siren Whoa. or come as like a literal harpy <laughs> oh my god i think that would be incredible that would be amazing Whoa, if it's like sick. yeah if it's like mythical creatures I, that is my idea of and also if if you're listening anna winter um She's definitely not. And this also <laughs> might be her last. The other thing is oh, this might have been yeah. her last Met Gala mm-hmm. because she's rumored to be stepping down from her position. Right. Although she's still going to do that. No, Met she's. Gala. this will be the one thing she does. Yeah. So all the other duties, no, but this. She'll yeah. do this until she'll, they, like, pry it from her hands. Right. She'll still, I mean, you know, she the costume institute is named after her. Yeah. Now, so. But um, I think that this would be a good theme, A, because it would really encourage people to just think outside the box, which is what a good Met Gala does. Mm-hmm. I know that they have the art and... They have the art to, like, back it up. Right. The art and, you know, there are tons and tons of things that, you know, designers that you could bring into it. And heavily Instagrammable and mm-hmm. intersects with what young people like yeah. right now. I love that. Like mermaids. <laughs> people love mermaids. People love unicorn. mermaids and unicorns. unicorns. I think it would be really good. What would yours be? Have they ever done one that explores like androgyny? Oh my God, that's a really good idea. Right? And I don't think explicitly so because, or like gender. They or should gender. do a gender yeah, one. Yeah, but they should yeah. figure out a way to do it so that it's not like hackneyed and weird. Uh, Maddie, do you have one? Yeah. I mean, I think, like, Jeremy Scott. <laughs> <laughs> you troll. I almost peed my kidding. pants. I, I just know him. I'm in a room full of Jeremy Scott. He's disgusting. What's to like? Um, mine, uh, originally, the first thing I thought was ghosts. 
Ooh, um, ghost is yes, good. Ghosts. And then uh, when you said the thing about fauna, I was like, oh, maybe you could evolve that into something like monsters and men. Ooh. Where it's like a monster, you know. Everyone comes dressed as like George W. Bush. <laughs> and then other people come dressed as like the Babadook. <laughs> I would love to see Babadook. But Kim make Kardashian as the Babadook. I would love that. Thank you so much for listening to Dirtcast, and thank you to Julianne Escobedo Shepard. Our show is produced by Levi Sharp. Madrina Mofidi is our executive director of audio. Our theme music is by Stuart Wood. This episode was mixed by Jamie Colazzo. Want to send us a tip or just let us know what you think? Hit us up at dirtcast at jezebel.com. You can find us on Spotify, NPR One, and wherever else you get your podcasts, and please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. 